My name is Alison Treadaway. I'm a director of a company called Striata. We are a digital communication specialist. Data security, particularly with, with, uh, you know, when it comes to personal security, is, is a huge thing around the world at the moment. How safe are you feeling <laughs> right now, Alison? Well, personally, I, I feel pretty safe. I'm not enormously active on social media, so I don't give up any of my own personal information. And because we're in the field of data privacy and data security, I have someone hack me fairly often and come back and tell me what is actually out there on the free web and what could be get gotten by someone who's a little bit more um, capable than the free web. And so South Africa is about to launch um, or at least start to better regulate laws around, uh, you know, the, the management of, of personal data. Um, they're quite forward-thinking laws relative to the rest of the continent. But to sort of set the scene, I just want to uh, get your sense of what's happening elsewhere in the world with Russia, for example, um, enforcing laws around, you know, uh, forcing companies who have personal data or Russian uh, uh, citizens' personal data, forcing those companies to host that data in Russia, for example, or uh, the UK, for example, uh, you know, alerting the public to the fact that a wide range of their, you know, government agencies will now, if necessary, have access to personal data as part of their new laws. Um, it's a big scary world it feels like uh, and how, how do you go about making sense of it uh, in an African context? Well I think it's a very changing landscape um, based on the fact that the kinds of people who are stealing personal data or using or exploiting personal data are getting smarter and smarter so we need to accept that and I think what the governments are doing whether right or wrong is they are trying to create a landscape or create an environment where people have uh, control, more control over their personal data online. And this is a good thing, right? So up to a certain line, we do want our legislative environment to force people who are holding our information to act in a certain way. And um, over a certain line, of course, then you can start feeling that this is now encroaching on your civil rights or encroaching of your freedom of expression. Um, but certainly in South Africa, I believe the current legislation that is... is um, about to be fully enacted, which is the Protection of Personal Information Act, that really does look to protect us as individuals, protect us as, as consumers from the businesses and government institutions that hold our information. And that's a positive development, specifically in South Africa. And so give me an example of how, say, a consumer in the U.S. or the U.K. or Russia, as we've mentioned, um, is currently safer than, say, someone in South Africa before Poppy has been enacted. So prior to Poppy, if you had um, your information published on the web, right, so someone got hold of your information, they exploited it, they published it, or they used it to, um, to enact a crime, you wouldn't have legislative recourse. You could make a stink on, person, on social media. You could write a letter to the company who you believe exploited or um, released your data, but you didn't have recourse as you will have now under Poppy. So under Poppy, there will be a body, which is a regulator, that will look at how businesses are um, processing and storing and securing our personal information. Uh, and that's a, that's a good positive development because that gives us as individuals a different level of confidence in the treatment of our personal information. And if I'm listening to this podcast right now and I'm in business, whether I'm a startup founder, maybe a, a, a medium-sized business, or even, you know, much bigger, uh, you know, maybe sitting in the C-suite of, 
of a major corporate, a listed entity or something like that. I'm just hearing, <laughs> I'm listening to this and going, oh my word, yes, it's all good for the consumer, but what on earth is this going to mean for me in a practical sense? Isn't this going to cost me a ton of money um, in order to comply with regulation? Well, the short answer is yes. And there's a lot of work to be done in order to comply with the legislation, depending on where you are now. Most of your larger organizations, they've known about this legislation. They've been preparing for it for years because you can't steer a large ship really tightly. Um, for a smaller organization, what you need to do almost immediately, I'd say, because time is going to start, you know, the clock's going to start ticking. You would immediately need to understand data flows through your organization. How do you get data? And when I'm talking about data, let's be specific. It's an individual's personal information that can identify them. So, for example, if it's just the number you assign to someone as their customer number in your organization, don't have to protect that individually. If it's that number plus, plus their first name and surname, possibly, if it's that number, their first name and surname and ID number, absolutely. So when we're talking about data, we're talking about information that can identify a person. Right. Now, when you really think about it, any information we put in our business is for the express reason to identify the person. So you're going to have first name, surname, ID number, cell phone, home phone, work phone, address. All of that needs to be protected. So a business needs to understand how does that data get into their business. Once it's in their business, where does it sit? Who uses it? Who's got access to it? What does it get used for? Once that data is no longer required by the business, what happens to it? Is it deleted? Is it simply left in a file cabinet? That's what the Act see seeks to, to govern. And businesses are going to have to look at those processes and make sure that in the event of a breach – they can say they took all the reasonable steps to comply with that legislation. And so on the surface, it sounds like we're talking about something that's South Africa, um, South Africa specific. But if, if you think about all our listeners living in other parts of the continent and around the world who are looking to interact with the continent and use South Africa as a gateway or perhaps grow from you know, other geographic regions into South Africa, many of our listeners being uh, you know, digital businesses, um, that aren't necessarily, you know, don't necessarily have, uh, you know, brick and mortar presence here in South Africa. What are some of the things that some, some of our listeners in that position ought to be thinking about with regards to this law? Well, right up front, once this law is in place and the compliance period, which we believe will be a grace period of about 12 months, once that is up and everyone now theoretically complies, it makes South Africa a very attractive place to do business with from outside South Africa. And I'll tell you why. For example, your laws in the UK, which our laws are modeled on, require that if you're going to do business with an organization in a different territory, that organization must be located somewhere which has equal or better data protection laws. Now, we don't at this stage have that. So if we have a UK company, theoretically, passing data to a company in South Africa, that UK company might have a problem if there's an issue. Once the act is in place, then South Africa becomes almost a, a safe haven that, organ that um, territories with those kinds of data privacy laws are able to do business with us much easier. So that's a really positive development. That's number one. Um, number two, Poppy does have some obligations around data transfer. So, for example, if you're going to gather data in South Africa and you're going to take that data and you're going to house it on a server outside of South Africa, there are obligations around that. You can't simply do it. 
our laws allow or our legislation will allow that we can house that data in an equal or better data privacy territory. So that's that's okay. So for example, the UK is equal or better, Germany certainly equal or better. But if you want to go to the low cost areas and house your data there so that you can reduce your cost of operation, Puppy is going to require that you have jumped through a, quite a few hoops before you can actually do that. So those companies now that are hosting data overseas and are pulling it back to South Africa to process and hosting it back on those servers overseas um, to store, they're going to need to look at that, that whether they can get those processes to comply. And that compliance has to do with permissions. They may have to ask permission to take my data as Alison Treadaway and house it outside of the country. And so let's talk about how this will be regulated. I know in December of last year, the information regulator was inducted. And uh, what should we all expect in as far as these laws being policed as soon as they're enacted? Well, there's a lot of rumors. I don't think there's been really an announcement that I have seen. But the uh, information regulator has been appointed. There's a chairperson. There's two permanent people. There's two part-time people. So that is now in place. That body needs to announce the enactment dates. So they need to get that, I assume, approved by Parliament President, and then that enactment date is set in stone, and then they need to announce the grace period. So that grace period, whether it's 12 months, 24 months, it seems to be generally accepted to be 12 months. That grace period is up. Then that information regulator has certain duties that they can carry out against organizations that haven't complied. Um, and, it, you know, then it's a developing scenario. So, for example, um, as soon as that period is over, if there is a breach, that breach will then be measured and the response to that breach will be measured against the Poppy Act. As it stands now, that breach will be measured against general industry best practice. As these ideas start to become to mainstream on the continent, do you expect that they might become uh, uh, this huge flow or this huge trend towards, you know, data being hosted uh, on the continent? Look, I'm not certain. From a South African po point of view, I do expect that organizations that don't have a massive team of lawyers, the easiest solution is to bring their data back to South Africa if they can work that through into their operational costs. Organizations that have a whole heap of lawyers will probably be more likely to um, create a legal framework under which they can house that data elsewhere in the lower cost environment or in the cloud. And then they will rely on their legal framework to then, you know, support them if there is ever a breach. How do startup founders from outside South Africa go about finding partners, uh, subcontractors, uh, businesses, uh, etc., to work with on the continent uh, uh, in South Africa who who are compliant? How do they go about finding those uh, such businesses and 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 verifying that they're indeed compliant with these new laws? This exact question is being discussed on the internet, um, primarily because there's no indication that the information regulator will have a certification process. So they're not going to come and audit an organization and give you a stamp. So someone who wants to do business with a company in, in South Africa is going to have to request their puppy gap analysis and their own internal certification in terms of their, um, their compliance unless the information regulator does get to the point where they are doing some kind of certification. My expectation of a new regulator in this environment is that they will deal with the exceptions first. So we have an ongoing environment of data breaches. It's happening. 
You know, it happens more often than anyone thinks. And if anyone says in their own business they will never have a data breach, they're not being truthful. It can happen. Um, so I think the regulator is going to be very busy dealing with that. And the legislation requires that a business who has had a potential breach or thinks there was a breach or actually there was a breach, they have to have certain response processes. They have to have um, logged that breach with the regulator. There's a whole process that they have to go down. Um, and I think once that regulator is up and running, I think they're going to be very busy with that. And so broadly speaking, what do you think are some of the misconceptions um, in terms of the public and our understanding of uh, data security, personal data security specifically, perhaps some of the things we're naive about or complacent about, what are our blind spots? Okay, I think we have a lot of blind spots. Number one is who we give our data to. Guy stops you in a in a shopping center and says, I'm doing a survey, can I answer a few things and takes down your name? I mean, how do you know who that guy's going to give your data to? Um, I think we're too free both physically and digitally with giving away data. And a lot of that has to do with social media. So on social media, you're quite happy to have your address, your telephone number. You know, you know, you haven't reviewed your privacy settings. And that information's out there for anyone to find. So I think individuals, um, we need to be a lot more careful with who we give our information to and why we give it. So that's the first thing. The second thing is passwords. Right. So a lot of data is stolen from these large organizations who have big databases with data that we've provided them. And because someone has been lax about their own personal security, that's whether it's a password into a social media organization, a password onto your machine, a password onto a server at an organization, if you always follow a very strict password protocol, change your password, it can never be weak, you know, it shouldn't be password 1234 or your name and your birth date, it needs to be something that someone could not... Um, could not guess programmatically. And I think if everyone just becomes a lot stricter about their own personal password security, that would go a long way to make it much more difficult for someone to find and to exploit your personal data. And in the third instance, I think people don't really understand what rights the Protection of Personal Information Act is going to give them as a consumer. It gives them a bunch of rights to control their own data insofar as they could phone up their service provider and say, I want to know where you got my data, what data are you holding on me? Is it correct? And I don't think that you need to be storing my mother's maiden name because it's not relevant to, you know, what you need my data for. So it gives people a whole bunch of rights. I just wonder whether people are going to use those rights or wait until something bad happens to use those rights. And hopefully people will see this as a way to take back control of their data before something bad happens. Like many of the progressive legislation South Africa is famous for around the world, um, there's a lot of concern uh, on the internet and elsewhere that, you know, this is going to be a mission to police, to regulate, and uh, in as much as in principle there's a lot to benefit, you know, that as a public we, we stand to benefit a lot, um, we might lose on the side of implementation. How worried are you about uh, that possibility and how ready do you think uh, our government is to, to, you know, to make a go of it? I think from the regulator's side, as long as that regulator is super efficient, they will absolutely make a dent in, the, in what's needed in terms of our own data privacy processes. Uh, from a government perspective, you can flip that around and say, how, how ready is the government to comply with this legislation? I, I don't know. 
there's not a whole lot of talk from the government in terms of what they are doing to comply with this legislation. And if you think about it, those are some of the ma- the main databases in South Africa holding personal information. It's your council, it's your water and lights, it's your electricity, it's, you know, each of those government organizations hold a lot of data about us. Um, and I'm... I certainly haven't seen a whole lot of noise around what they're doing to comply. And that is a massive task. And so, you know, I always cite on the show quite frequently the the fact that the massive scale players in the finance industry and in the mobile telco industry, for example, on the continent, who essentially in my to my mind have the most valuable data sets um of the con you know, population data sets, personal data data sets. Um, on the continent, uh, what sort of impact do you expect incumbents like, say, an MTN, uh, you know, a Barclays Africa, you know, a Standard Bank? What what sort of positive and negative uh, um, uh, impact do you expect this law to have? You know, perhaps unexpected to that this law might have on on incumbents like them. So from a technical perspective, I think everyone's well aware what the law requires. You're going to have to look at your technology gaps, and you're going to have to close them based on who has access, permissions, what data is held, what data is destroyed. So all of that, I think, is quite high profile. I think what's not so high profile is the human aspect, and that's on two, on two levels. Number one is no matter how good your data security is at one of those organizations, if your people don't understand their obligation, your employees don't understand their obligation to keep that data safe as well, then you, you know, your, your technology basically is mute. So your training, your security training with your staff, your um, explanation to them and the education around why this legislation, what the impact is on the business, what each person's obligation is, that's massive. That's a massive change control project, which I don't know, um, I don't know enough about because I'm not inside those organizations. On a second level, there are processes that have to happen in the case of a data request. So I can phone into one of those organizations and say, I want to know what data you have on me. Where did you get it? Da, 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 da. You need to have a call center that can do that. So your call center has to now have the capability to answer a data request. And in addition to that, you need to have a crisis management process, and that requires staff. So right from the top, the, the law requires that you, uh, you appoint an information officer. And that person is now totally responsible for everything under this act. That person has to have a team of people who can respond to a crisis or respond to a breach. And that requires responding not only to the information regulator, but responding to the data subject whose data might have been breached. So there's a whole people aspect that I, I, I don't know. I mean, certainly in a small business, we can manage that. But in a larger business, I have no idea of the scale of people who are going to now start phoning in to ask about their data. They have to do that. They have to scale up in order to manage that. The vantage point you, the vantage point you have here at Striata, I think, is such that you, uh, you've had a first-hand uh, you've experienced firsthand the emergence of the CIO and the CTO um, in in C suites around the you know the world, certainly here on the continent. Uh, you know, basically, you know, technical executive technical resources making their way to you know boardroom strategy tables. And I'm sure, you know, back when Striata first started out, that wasn't the case. I mean, you, you know, you guys might have been in a back room somewhere and influencing, you know, technical decisions to some guy who might have the ear of the CFO or someone in the exco. But um, uh, talk, talk, me, talk me through um, some of these trends towards having 
um, serious digital mind, uh, digital, serious digital resources sitting at strategy tables and how important that's become for, for organizations everywhere. I envisage in a couple of years we're going to have chief data officers. So your CIO is going to have to either have a sub team who is only focused on data flows, data privacy, data storage, permissions, all of that. It will be an entire team. That, that, that is their entire job. So depending on the structure of the organization, that will either be someone in the C-level or someone who is reporting directly to the C-level. So you'll have a, C, a CDO, so chief digital officer or a chief data officer specifically looking at the flows of data through the organization. And you'll have to have that because as it, it's only going to grow from here. It's not like we're trying to solve a problem that's going to diminish. We are trying to solve a problem that's only going to get bigger. So I do see that being represented right at that top level. Uh, I mean, this is the first year I read somewhere, this is the first year in, by some survey that, you know, the CFO is almost at par in terms of remuneration with, with the CEO. Uh, do you see that trend continuing given the risk, the sort of risk management role a CDIO <laughs> might have to play? I do. I think that there's not only the reputational damage, which can be massive, um, there's also the, the penalties that can be imposed via the act. And it's, you know, it's 10 million rand, let's say, it hasn't been finalized, but say it's 10 million rand per event if the, if the regulator finds that you didn't do everything reasonable. But there's also jail time. So if it takes responsibility for data, there's potential jail time for the person who is the person in the organization who takes the rap for a data breach. So the implications, and as you say, the risk is high. Um, so I do think that that profile is going to rise up through the business based on how much risk to the business exists if there was some kind of issue um, and based on how much work that that business specifically has to do to maintain their compliance with the act. Definitely taking fiduciary responsibility to another level, this, uh, this law that's set to be uh, enacted. And um, it'll be really interesting to see which African countries uh, you know, follow this trend or look to South Africa as a model for what they might themselves decide to do. But thank you so much for speaking to, to us here on the African Tech Roundup. Alison? That was awesome. Thank you very much.